No checklist completed is going to save you. No bucket list is going to save you. No amount of blood, sweat, and tears that you've poured out in your life is going to save you. No amount of cash or worldly possessions is going to save you. You can't take it with you. You'll be dead. Buddha can't save you. Gandhi can't enlighten you. The Pope can't absolve your sins. The saints can't pray you into eternal life. Muhammad can't fix you. Allah isn't able. No president, no legislation, no Supreme Court justice, no state or nation or leader or celebrity, no one can save you because there is salvation in no one else. Yep, that's right, everybody. Salvation in no one but Jesus. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Bearded Bible Thinker. Um, So today is going to be a few things. The first thing that I wanted to do, so uh, it, it's it's really uh, eye-opening. One of the things that we enjoy here in our nation um, still is uh, the, the uh, freedom that we have to worship and to worship uninhibited, really, uh, in, in such a way that we don't uh, worry uh, so much about uh, like real persecution. We might, I mean, people are beginning to run into situations in which they're sued for certain things that they're required as uh, Christians to um, live up to. Uh, the people are uh, threatened uh, in in certain instances, but um, but but by far, we are a nation that is still. Um, very free uh, to to worship each week on Sundays uh, or at any time, frankly. Uh, we can come together and worship. We can do Bible studies. We can even do podcasts like this and and um, and just and and what we what we have to deal with is uh, maybe like the the uh, fun little phenomenon about being canceled and that sort of stuff. But even that is it's not it's it's not really persecution uh in in the I, I would think classical sense or in the in the sense that we think of when we think of persecution i'm thinking of like uh medieval um you know uh crucified uh burned at the stake kind of crucifixion people who have gone through uh really really crazy things um but that's something that that is actually still going on and, and i think it's a really important part of uh, our uh, our Christian walk, our development as Christians, to understand that that's still a thing. And frankly, it's still a possibility anywhere in the world, including here. We could get there uh, if, if there isn't some uh, repentance and redirecting and, and that sort of thing. It's not, uh, it's not that off at all to, uh, to imagine a situation in which the United States of America is um, you know, in, uh, united around, uh, getting rid of us. So, um, so we, uh, no, that's not something that we fear. That's the whole idea of martyr, of martyrdom. Uh, you, you go, um, you go to whatever end is in store for you, uh, singing praises to God, uh, uh, quoting scriptures of praise to God, uh, calling to repentance those who are driving the nails into your hands and feet. Um, but one of the things that we have to do, I think, as Christians is is to um, 
keep that in mind, to keep the idea that that Christians are persecuted elsewhere in mind. We need to be familiar with that. We need to not live in our little uh, sort of bubble of safety uh, without ever questioning or thinking about the fact that, uh, that that this is going on in other places. We should be praying for them. We should be, frankly, fighting for however we may um, fighting for them uh, to be able to proclaim Christ freely um, and to, to, um, to, for God to get rid of those who stand in their way. Um, and or uh, whether through uh, what, by whatever means necessary. And, and, you know, hopefully the prayer would be that they, that God gets rid of those who oppose Christians by making them Christians. Um, but I just, I, I said all that to say that, uh, you know, I, I want to recommend a book to you, a book that I think was sent to our church by Voice of the Martyrs a while back. Um, and I'm not through it yet, so this is probably a premature recommendation. But so far, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it's been a good book, and it's a good um, it's a good portrait of uh, of what it can be like even right now today um, for some uh, in uh, in the world who are Christians, who are Christian workers, who are missionaries, who are just Christians in hostile environments, and um, it's called. Imprisoned with ISIS. Um, uh, it's it's about a guy who worked uh, works for and with Voice of the Martyrs. Um, uh, well, I say works. I I hope that's the case. Uh, I assume that's the case. He seems. Um, Yeah, so he he works with Voice of the Martyrs. This uh, so far, this is a really good book. It it's. Um, uh, current. Uh, this is something that's still going on, and it's a it's a good picture to you um, of what um, kinds of things are uh, going on in the rest of the world. What other Christians have to deal with uh, in other places. So pray for them. Uh, pray for the persecuted church. It is a real demographic in our world, and frankly, uh, we uh, we can very easily forget. Um, the predicament that our brothers and sisters um, across the world are in, in other places. So, um, but one thing that I wanted to, so I'm, I was reading in Exodus this morning, um, and and in the very first chapter, uh, there's a verse that really stuck out to me as I read it as, as something that uh, makes me think of the church. Um, and as I think about the persecuted church and, and even the church here in America that's not necessarily persecuted, but that is certainly uh, um, looked at as uh, insignificant at this point, looked at as, as at least an ideological enemy, the things that we represent, the things that we present are um, adverse to or averse to the—they're um, contrary to what the, the popular um, uh, worldly— satanic opinions are of of the world um and and so at the beginning of exodus is really genesis continued it's uh, it's the the beginning of the story of israel really as a nation and 
Um, so the, the says that a new king rose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And, uh, he said to his people, behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we come. Let us deal wisely with them lest they multiply and it, and it be in the event of war that they also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us and go up from the land. So they appointed taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard labors. And they built for Pharaoh storage cities, uh, uh, Pithom and Ramesses. Um, and then the very next verse uh, should be how we view ourselves in the world in the same way that God uh, preserved, increased, was behind, empowered um, that the people of Israel, as they were even first becoming the people of Israel, uh, we, we, we must see ourselves and have the same sort of, um, uh, well, and think about our lives in light of this, of this truth about the church as well. So Jesus said that, uh, the, that, um, uh, the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. And l- literally the best way to, to word that is that the gates of hell would not be able to withstand the church. The gates of Hades would not be able to withstand the church. The church is advancing. The church is growing. Um, and in, in verse 12 of Exodus chapter 1, it says, But the more they, that's the Egyptians, afflicted them, that's the Israelites, the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied. And uh, and the more they spread out so that they were in dread of the sons of Israel. And <clears throat> that when I, what that doesn't mean is that, um, uh, that the sons of Israel were, uh, you know, sharpening their swords and they were about to take over Egypt by, uh, blood, uh, by a bloodbath or something like that. Um, but when when we think about that in terms of the church now i'm not i'm not making a claim that that text is talking about the church i'm just i'm just uh because it's not uh but but it it is uh like the church in this world today it is an example of of kind of how we are in this world today um that we no matter how they uh, abuse uh, and attempt to silence uh, whatever the world attempts to do, it is not going to work. That's what we have to remember. That's what we have to understand and know and live by is the end, which we know. Everyone fights about eschatology all the time, but but we all agree, no matter your views, we all agree that the end is uh, is Christ winning, Christians prevailing, God remains God and and everything else goes away, that there will one day be a new heaven and a new earth. And despite the how we get there, uh, which is where the kind of infighting happens, despite all of that, what we need to know is the more and more that they afflict us, the more and more the world afflicts the church, uh, the more uh, and more the church is still going to multiply because it does not matter. The more the church is going to spread out because it does not matter. And and the 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 worldview that the world has, the ideas of the world, the the things that the world loves, the sins of within them uh, within them, uh, they they are going to be in dread of the church and the ideas that are presented and the God that we work for, 
the God that we work to proclaim, uh, the God that we call people to repent to, uh, they, they are in dread, and they should, they should be in dread of the church. We should live lives as such that it makes the world repent or fear. Repent uh, um, uh, and, and turn to God or, or uh, uh, dread the church. The church should be the thorn in the side of the world. And uh, what we can count on uh, absolutely is that um, God wins. So uh, I, I, I hope that, you know, no matter what we read, whether it's this book, um, Jesus Freaks, Fox's Book of Martyrs, there are all sorts of these stories um, and books that are filled with multiple stories about um, uh, persecution and, and martyrdom and those sorts of subjects. But what we have to always understand is that the church, God, Christ, we win. We win in the end. So, uh, okay, so this morning... Uh, what I want to get to briefly, uh, so there's one story of, um, uh, you know, in my world of consequence, um, and that is, and then there's another story that's really just a follow-up. So the first thing, uh, that I'm going to sort of, uh, uh, sort of jokingly talk about is this, um, Hoven and area leaders, so that Hoven is uh, Senator John Hoven. He's a U.S. senator for uh, North Dakota, if you didn't know that. If you didn't know that and you're from here, get with it. Um, senator John Hoven met with uh, state and local officials in Dickinson on Tuesday to discuss issues related to the algae and the alarming low water quality at Patterson Lake. Thanks be to God. Um, man, Patterson Lake. Patterson Lake. You know... I realize that people catch fish there from time to time. And it's a wonder that we haven't grown other limbs and things from it. Um, uh, Patterson Lake is so bad. Uh, <laughs> and I often want this is obviously kind of a, a big joke. It's not that, you know, like life and death of a situation, but it is kind of nice that they're talking about this because I know all the people do that take advantage of Patterson Lake. We pay, you have to pay this fee to get in to the park down there. If that's where, if that's what you're attempting to do to go to the park. Um, uh, but you can really only use the lake part of the park. I mean, there's the beach, there's the, uh, fishing right there. There's all those things. Uh, but you can really only enjoy the lake, uh, for what feels like 35 minutes every year. And then blue green algae takes over. So that's kind of cool that they're looking into this, um, and talking about ways to maybe improve that. But, uh, the real the real thing that I wanted to talk about is to bring this one back. So um, th- we talked about the the book uh, last week, and uh, there was a meeting uh, after that, and most of you by this time have likely heard of this meeting. Um, but something that I wanted to bring up from it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dive into it uh, in any sort of depth because I think there are lots of uh, venues to do that. I think you can read the paper yourself. You can, I mean, good grief, just look on social media for five minutes, and you'll see every opinion under the sun. Um, but that's really what I wanted to talk about. Uh, so the, as you can see, if you're watching this rather than listening, the, the news article is tense Dickinson public library board meeting centers on controversial sex book. Um, and I'm not going to be explicit about anything uh, here today. Uh, but the book, you know, if, if you don't know about the book, then, um, 
then uh, look at the a couple of podcasts ago. Um, uh, I'll, I'll describe it a little bit more in depth there. Um, but it's it's uh, very inappropriate. It teaches godlessness in sexuality among our children, and it is directed and meant for uh, young people, teenagers who uh, really have uh, parents who aren't teaching them these things, and they're going to learn it from uh, from uh, the the satanic world in which we live. Um, so, uh, but but one thing in particular that I wanted to talk about. So this this news article outlines some of what kind of happened at this um, uh, meeting uh, and. Uh, let's see. I think there was even a, a moment when, um, let's see. Um, I, so there was even a moment within the meeting where uh, it, it got pretty heated. And um, and so I, like all I really wanted to, all I really wanted to bring up to you today is that uh, we have a, a tendency um, in our culture, and specifically when I say our culture, I'm talking about here in our town, in our uh, county, in our um, uh, ironically left uh, part of the state, um, it, which is incredibly right-winged in its uh, political uh, uh, identity, uh, at least for the most part. Um, it's overwhelmingly, you know, gun control, wave our flags, support the troops, uh, anti-abortion, all these things, right? Um, But what I want us to think about, what I want you to think about, um, if you're you're a part of our church and you um, are hearing this right now, and frankly, if you're a part of any church and you're hearing this right now, I want to beg you to, to come at this from a standpoint of being a Christian and not a Republican. Um, so there, there's a, a, t- a tendency for us to um, be uh, frustrated, a tendency for us to be frustrated with the motive that, um, you know, oh, the left is doing this or the, um, you know, to, to uh, political parties doing this or, uh, whatever it might be, it, it, it tends to, we tend to not remember that our war is not against flesh and blood. And, and so we, that doesn't mean that we don't protest things. It doesn't mean that we don't vote for things. It doesn't mean that we don't vote against things. It doesn't mean that we don't become active and preach and teach and proclaim the world, uh, proclaim to the world, the, the, um, that they are to repent and believe that Christ is Lord and and no one else is. It doesn't mean we don't do those things. We absolutely do. But uh, the the motive behind this book um, should should be righteous anger if it's anger, uh, and that's that's really my point. Uh, it our motive for this cannot be those stinking liberals. <laughs> it, it it cannot be that. Uh, our motive must be uh, 
that this this is an offense to God. It is it is the complete counter to to God's word. God has spoken uh, very plainly about sexuality and gender and those sorts of things. Um, what's right and wrong, um, and uh, many. Uh, the things that are advocated in that particular book are, um, you know, bisexuality, wrong. Uh, monosexuality is wrong. Homosexuality is wrong. Uh, it does not mean that these people are somehow less than uh, um, the, the prescribed way that God has created things. Um, it doesn't mean that at all. It simply means that those those particular activities and ways of life and ways of thinking and increasingly ways of identifying, which is my goodness, we're we're much more than our uh, sexuality as people. That's a descriptor, a, a thing about us, maybe. But um, but but anyway, that that is simply not how God designed things. It's simply not correct. In, uh, as we think about our design and who God made us to be, uh, as we image Him, and as we live according to His Word, as we look at the Word of God as the Word of God, the final, inerrant, authoritative uh, Word of God. Um, and if God is the God of everything and everyone, then this is rebellion against Him. And our, our standpoint should be the Word of God says this, um, and that's that's the actual why. Now, there are lots of arguments um, that even an unbelieving right-winged person might uh, bring up that are valid arguments. Um, for instance, um, if the uh, heterosexuality is the only way to continue a society— it's it the all of human existence up until now has been growing and maintained by a uh, by the family unit, uh, whereas one man, one woman, uh, one uh, marriage, one union, one lifetime under one God. That's the way that it has been, uh, and and so uh, the other things uh, simply mean that humanity goes away at some point. Um, so there, I mean, there are lots of different things that, that can be argued. Uh, that's just one of, of a, a, a bunch. But what, what I want us to guard against is, is if, if we're showing up as Christians to these kinds of meetings, and it's not a bad thing to do, uh, to show up and take that active role and, 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 uh, the silent majority has been silent for far too long. Um, and so a silent majority isn't a majority at all. Uh, it, it's, it's laziness, but, um, so that's, that's more opinion than anything, I guess, but, but it's, I think it's a hard opinion to argue against, <laughs> but, uh, the, this, what I want is for us, if we're going to show up at those kind of events, to be the people who show up and and aren't enraged because we're right wingers, like you shouldn't show up to that library event um, uh, being belligerent and enraged because of the left. 
we should show up and be frustrated and have anger within us because God is being uh, um, uh, rebelled against, because God is being mocked and spit on, because God's word is being trampled by these things. But here's the deal. There are probably 50 kajillion books in that library already that are a joke, that are anti-Bible. In fact, probably most of the science section is anti-Scripture and anti-reality. But uh, that's not to say that we shouldn't take a stand on this. I think it's a good thing that people are becoming more aware of of the need for us to be um uh, even demanding as to what what gets uh put in front uh potentially put in front of uh children and and those kinds of things um but the two things that i think that every christian should think about um no matter how involved or not you might be are when when you get angry about these things whether it's at this meeting in particular or at your house hearing about this meeting, when you get enraged about it, are you enraged because this is trampling on the Word of God? It is trampling on the truth of God. It is spitting in the face of God. Or are you enraged just because of whichever political party you might belong to? Because one is a joke and one is not. Uh, One is temporary and one is not. Uh, and and so uh, we have to think about it from that standpoint. And the second thing is really the point that I attempted to make, I think, last week, last Monday, I think it was, that um, this, you know, parenting, at the end of the day, whatever gets put in front of your children um, and and what they're allowed to see, what they, how they're allowed to interact, um, what uh, lies... Uh, enter into their brain, and if and if it does, the fact that they might not have anything to counter that lie already in their brain, that's your fault. That's our fault as parents. Uh, when I stand before God, and I will, along with every other human who has ever, does now, or will ever live, when I stand before God, um, God is not going to simply be frustrated um, because uh, those doggone leftists put that book in front of my child. God will be much more frustrated, and I will be judged because I did not parent my child and prepare them. Now, if, if you're a parent who does everything in your ability to parent and, and teach uh, your child and raise them in the way that they should go, and for some reason they're drawn to other things, that's not the same thing that I'm talking about. Right, but but ultimately, um, if 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 you if we're successful and this book doesn't go into the library and they begin to think about other books that are in the library, um, and yet your child is at home after being uh, uh, at the public school all day and uh, around a lot of unbelieving kids and. Um, hear me when I say I'm not I'm not dogging parents who have to send their children to public school or or whatever, um, but just know that you're going to be uh, they're going to be in an environment no matter I mean we have uh, teachers that come to our church that are part of the public school uh, that teach at public schools and thank God for them 
because they're a, a light in a very dark place and what is becoming a more and more dark place in which it's harder and more difficult to be a light. And so I'm thankful for them. Um, but, but when it comes to science, the public school is going to teach lies to your children. When it comes to history, the public school is going to increasingly teach half truths and lies to your children. Um, and, and so my, my point being when we put them in an environment that's secular, right. Um, for eight hours a day, and then they come home and so many parents, okay. So many of us parents that like bring our kids home and then they're discipled by TikTok and whatever else out there. And, and the Snapchat of their friends who are on TikTok and, um, and they see uh, uh, the the whole world is open to them, and and they have unmonitored phone access, and all of these things. Listen, then shut up about the book. If if that is what's happening, then shut up about the book because you have no right. I love you, <laughs> um, but but if if we're going to complain about this book, then then. We better be the kind of parents that are already training our children in such a way that they're being taught um, uh, the thing, the the correct uh, way, uh, the things that are advocated for in this book um, and other books like it. Uh, we we have to be parents who are uh, beating Satan off. Uh, uh, beating, beating him at the, at the curve. We, we have to uh, hedge him off. We have to head him off at the curve. We have to uh, get there before he does. And that's part of training your children in the way that they should go is teaching them what the world thinks um, and how it's wrong. Uh, teaching them the things that are um, um, not good uh, that the world brings forth and how it's anti-Christ and anti-Bible and anti-God, how it how it disrespects and is rebellion against the, the God of the universe. And, and we need to teach them what's going to happen if there's no repentance. Um, that it, long story short, you're responsible for the training of your children. And at the end of the day, whether this book is there or not, uh, you, you have to, um, you have to accept, uh, responsibility, uh, uh, of the raising of your children. Um, now with that being said, like I said, man, more power to everybody who wants to take part in this and, um, and ask about the book, look at the book themselves and not just read it on the internet. Um, uh, more power to everyone who wants to get involved and take a stand against this kind of thing and even push as we as we think about other things that are excuse me that are detrimental to um to the the healthy growth um uh, of of uh, kids and teenagers and young adults um more power to you guys right more power to us but um but we need to do it with the right motives because it it uh, is an abomination to God, and and we need to do it. Uh, we need to be as um, as uh, wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And as the Scripture tells us, we need to be um, uh, quick to listen and slow to speak. 
And as we do that, uh, part of what comes naturally with that is that when you do speak, you're more informed and you don't sound quite like an angry mob of nimrods, uh, but but your your speech is more thought out and you've heard the other side and you've heard what they have to offer. Um, so there are lots of things to take into consideration. Uh, one of them is you if you're going to be angry about this, it should be because God is, not because... Uh, of a political party, if and uh, y- you you should also be the kind of parent. If this is frustrating to you and you are so against this, then please, please, please do not be a hypocrite about it. Um, take responsibility. Train your children in the way that they should go. Uh, uh, do some sort of family devotion or prayer time regularly. Love. Uh, begin to ask your children what what they're learning from their time in the Word. Uh, uh, teach your children what you're learning from. Like the point being, you cannot expect for them to just watch you pay taxes right and and not get into bar fights and expect that they're gonna oh just all of a sudden be good Christian people. They have to be trained to be good Christian people. They have to be trained in the Word. They have to know. Um, know God, uh, and they know God by knowing His Word. And so um, that's really the the main thing I wanted to chat about today, just real briefly, was that. Again, it's really just a follow-up, because that meeting did happen, and there was a moment or two in it uh, that I heard that got kind of heated. And so I, what my hope is, is that when, when Christians get heated about those kinds of things, that it's not incoherent babble, that it's thought out, that it's wisdom speaking, and that and that the convictions that we come to, we come to because of Christ and His Word, that we come to because of the Holy Scriptures and what they say, and not because we support um, a political party or, uh, or because of uh, some sort of uh, political leaning that we might be. That's a real problem here in, uh, not only in America, but here in, in our town. So, don't don't be that person, man. Don't do it. Um, uh, and uh, go. So one last little bitty announcement. Um, so Thursday, I think uh, I think it'll be Thursday morning early. So a couple of days from now, um, we're gonna be back, and I'll do the second. Uh, we're gonna release the second uh, episode that is uh, walking through the state of theology um uh dot com results and uh we're gonna address um uh, uh we're going to address what is it here oh yeah uh, are we born innocent that's what we're gonna address are we born innocent and then after that we're gonna address next week next Thursday we're gonna address does church membership matter so um stay tuned for that don't miss um uh, Thursday morning. It's already recorded and in the books. It's just going to be released then. So um, don't miss that. Check it out and uh, comment and all that stuff, or just approach me at some point after church or something, and we can talk about it more or whatever. Um, thankful for you, and we will see you next time.